Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you'll hear a conversation I had with Heather about breathwork. Breathwork is a topic that I've been really interested in learning more about for the past few months, so I'm really excited to find Heather and, and bring her on for everybody to learn at once along with me. As always, we also cover Heather's personal spiritual journey. In this episode, we do cover topics like eating disorders and um, some other types of trauma from Heather's story. So I just want to put a quick heads up about that in case you're not in the headspace to listen to us discuss a little bit about that. This episode is filled with gems of wisdom from start to finish, so make sure you listen to the whole thing. And Heather even gives us a quick breathwork meditation at the end, which was such a treat. Plus, she's offering a special discount to Opening the Door podcast listeners for her oracle deck called Your True Nature Oracle. So listen to the end to get that discount. Enjoy, and remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today, we're welcoming Heather to Opening the Door. Heather Waxman is a therapist, breathwork facilitator, and the author of Your True Nature Oracle. She earned her master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Fairfield University. Through an artful and dynamic blend of therapeutic support, spiritual counsel, and somatic practices, Heather supports individuals, couples, and families navigating major life transitions, seasons of change, and cycles of death and rebirth to come home to their true nature. She works with people one-on-one, both in person and virtually through her private coaching practice, in groups through her community breathwork ceremonies, and works part-time as a therapist at Causeway Collaborative in Westport, Connecticut. Heather, welcome to Opening the Door. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to chat with you about your spiritual journey, but also, oh, well, also, 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 (laughs) also about breath work, because as we mentioned right before we started recording, um, it's just something that's popped up for me a few times. And I've really been interested lately in, I think when, when we all get into the spiritual practice, we work really a lot within our mind's eye, within, you know, raising our vibration through meditation and, and meditation can be physical, but I've been really interested in sort of these more lately, these more sort of physical things that we can do with our body to connect spiritually, or just like be more present and sort of like, you know, body and breath work has been really interesting to me lately. So, um, when I came across your page, I was like, oh, this is perfect. So yeah, super excited to chat with you. Mm, me too. Pumped. So tell me, let's start sort of from the beginning. Tell me about your spiritual journey. Where did you start and how did you sort of get to the place that you are today in your practice? <laughs> yeah, that's a memoir. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> For all of us too, right? <laughs> Our story is so sacred and integral. And certainly that's the case for me. Well, my spiritual journey really was born with my mother and she, um, she had, and and still has a very strong faith. She is a practicing Catholic. And while I'm not a practicing Catholic, she's the one who instilled in me from birth, this sense, this belief, this knowing that there is an energy greater than us that is here to co-create with us and partner with us and guide us through every waking moment of our lives. And that has stayed with me for my entire life. Now, her definition of God is very different from mine and her experience is very different from mine. And there's no judgment there. She's on her journey and I'm on mine. But I really would be remiss if I didn't credit my mother with really planting the seed of spirit in my heart and soul. And so that's where it began. And I, you know, when I was a little girl, I was teased by all of the kids. I was called God girl (laughs) (laughs) because I loved CCD and I loved going to church and I loved learning about Jesus and reading the Bible. I was fascinated by it. And, and I didn't mind. It's so interesting. 
how certain things impact us and certain things don't, because there were certainly other things that happened in school with teasing that deeply impacted me. But for some reason, I, it didn't bother me that they called me God girl, because I just had that deep installation of faith within me. So I had this really incredible experience as I got older, um, around age 16, things started to get really unpleasant in my home. I'm an only child and I began going to church by myself. There was a lot of addiction and emotional and verbal abuse happening in my home. And I had developed an eating disorder to cope with that in an environment that felt very out of control. And I started going to church by myself. And I remember I went to an 8 a.m. mass and I was, uh, I purposely went to the 8 a.m. mass because I was going to work afterwards. And I, I sat in the pew and it was just, it was one of those mornings where I had come off the heels of just a really traumatic night at home. And I just didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to feel safe in church, in the presence of God. And I wanted no one to look at me. And so I took a seat in the back of the pew and all of a sudden the entire church filled with light, like this bright white light filled the entire church. And I heard the voice of Jesus in my heart say, you don't have to go here to find me. I'm always here. And I just started sobbing. And that was really the, the second iteration of my spiritual path in which I deepened my awareness, my knowing, my trust that God is not in a church or on a pew. God is an energy that lives inside of me and inside of every one of us. And that sort of started me on my deepening of spirituality. Oh, I got total goosebumps when you said hearing that message. Oh my gosh, that's so, so powerful. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. I think it's so important for everybody to hear everybody's different stories on how they get to where they are because they're so unique and and they have some really great similarities running through them too. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. So how has your spirituality progressed since then? Do you, so obviously you said you're not practicing Catholic. Are you like, what's your, what's your sort of thought on God or gods in general and um, life force? Like how, how does spirit look to you now, you know, since you were 16 on that second sort of time around? Yeah. So after that, uh, I was synchronistically led to the metaphysical text, A Course in Miracles. And so I began studying and practicing the course. And it was through A Course in Miracles that I began to, again, just deepen my own felt sense that what the Course in Miracles would call the Holy Spirit, the voice for God that lives inside of all of us, is a voice, it is a feeling, it is an inner knowing beyond intellect that lives in my body, which is where we kind of come to that, what you're speaking to at the beginning of that connection between mind and body, that they're not separate, that they're intimately, holistically connected. And so of course in miracles, and also, um, I, have studied extensively Ron and Mary Halnick's work with spiritual psychology. And so these two disciplines really inform my own felt sense and experience of God and, and connection with spirit in addition to the breath work, all three together. But really the, the premise, the belief, the, the knowing from within that we are spiritual beings who are having a human experience and using a human experience and that every person that we come into connection with is, you know, the course would say a learning device for spirit that we are here to 
quite literally learn from each other, heal together, and teach each other. And there's a unity there. There's a oneness there. And so it's a practicality to me, really. It's quite practical that everyone and everything in my life is, is a divine messenger. And it's easy to say, <laughs> and it's less easy to fucking practice. Can I swear on here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, For sure. good. <laughs> and it's less easy to fucking practice. So, but yeah, so that's the framework that's, that is a, a mental framework, but it's also a felt sense in my body of, of what it means to me to be connected with spirit and with God. Yeah. So what does that, what does that feel like for you? What are those senses in your body when you're really in your, in your flow and feeling super connected? It depends on the moment, you know, spirit surprises me. My connection with spirit and God surprises me in every moment, but like somatically like attuning now it's like a, it's a deep sense of expansion in my hips and it's a sense of lightness and opening in my heart. I think that I feel that when we are attuning to the sensations in our body, as we're connecting to spirit, there's a sense of expansion and lightness of being that we'll notice somewhere or many places in our bodies. And when we're trying to push or force our own agenda, or we're in a moment where we're out of alignment, and I'll speak for myself here, when I'm out of alignment or when I'm trying to push or force something to happen, there's a contraction. There's like a heaviness, a weighted density in my body that clues me in that I'm trying to make something happen by myself or that I'm allowing my ego to kind of take over and run the show in that moment. And that's always like a beautiful, like somatic clue that it's time to pause <laughs> and humble myself and, and course correct, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. I I love that because I think, as I said in the beginning, we all, um, not all of us, I'm not going to generalize too much, but definitely for me in my past um, like few years of my own spiritual work, like I love to get inside my mind, use my mind's eye, like go sort of all over dreaming and very out of my body almost, you know? So I'm really, you know, I just love the idea of working within our body because we're here. I mean, we're so physically here and it's so important to just like come back and remember that like we're working within this fleshy body too, right? Yeah, so it's so true. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, you know, those places that we go to beyond the body are so beautiful. And sometimes they can feel so much safer to go there because depending on the multiplicity of identities that we hold, you know, given that we're in this reality and how we've been socialized, you know, we both identify as women. I'm queer. There are, there are so many intersecting identities, gender, race, so much of it comes into play. Um, our adverse childhood experiences, family of origin experiences were so complex and all of that shows up in our body. Yeah. I was working with a client yesterday and this particular individual has created these two like consistent places that they've traveled to, to escape the physical world. And they were beating themselves up for that. And I was saying to them, do you mind if we pause and reframe that, that these are, these are tools that you've created to quite literally survive the difficulty and the challenge of being human. And that's what somatic experiencing is. It's coming into the fullness of being a spiritual being, having a human experience, which is being in this body, which can be really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really painful. And it's very complex and it's so highly individualized. And so I also don't want to make it seem like it's easily attainable. It's simple and it's natural. Like we all know intuitively and naturally what it is to feel safe in our bodies, but getting there can sometimes be incredibly complex and very challenging depending on the intersection of identities that we hold and the experiences we've had. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you mind if we touch a little bit more on your eating disorder? I know you mentioned that in the beginning, but are you comfortable sort of like touching on that a little bit? hundred percent. Okay, cool. Cause I'm wondering like, as you recovered from that, um, you sort of mentioned when you were 16, that started. So young teens into your adulthood, maybe, um, as you were recovering from that, did your, like how you felt your intuition, how you felt, you know, working with spirit, how did that change through your continued recovery from that? Hmm. That's such a beautiful question. Okay. Eating disorders are very complex. So, (laughs) okay. So just to, for context, the way that I view myself and my personal journey, and also really every human being now, because this is just how I operate through the world is through like, I call it the Holy Trinity of healing through the spiritual, through the somatics, and also through the systems lens. I think that's often a missing piece of healing, especially in spiritual community, uh, both our family system and the social systems. And so I, I feel most called to focus on that systemic piece because that not addressing that has, was what was blocking me from accessing that deeper connection to spirit. So I grew up, I'm 33. So I grew up in the era of like Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, Lindsay Lohan, like seeing everywhere, every grocery store that I went to us weekly was in my face comparing who was skinnier. And so it, that doesn't, that fucked with me like hugely and massively. And that, and it was like, Oprah was always dieting. Like it was all over the place. Now I'm not trying to say like that my particular generation had a more difficult time. Like the different, you know, popular body types shift over the generations and all of that. But there was something about the obsession with thinness in my generation that was so toxic. And I was the perfect pawn for that because I was really insecure. I had really very low self-worth. And I didn't, I didn't know what it meant to be self-objectifying your body all of the time. So there was that taking place. The other thing in my family system, and this is from, you know, my training as um, having my master's in marriage and family therapy is symptoms like eating disorders serve a purpose in our family of origin. And so the eating disorder was a way for me to try to keep my parents together because their marriage was not good and it was very contentious and very conflicted. But if I was symptomatic with an eating disorder, I could bring them together and unify them by helping them focus on me and my problems. So it's very complex. So that was all happening. And I think that being socialized, particularly as a woman, particularly as a white woman and what we're expected to look like and how we're expected to be and behave was a recipe for all of those being blocks to me accessing that intuition. So it wasn't until I really looked at the systemic pieces being this deeply painful pattern of constantly self-objectifying myself, criticizing, judging, and rejecting myself at every turn, and untangling myself from the deeply codependent patterns of relating that I developed in my family of origin, that I could really truly attune to what my intuition was. And that was the most painful work. But out of our deepest wounds, you know, um, our deepest healing and wisdom and the power and potency we have to offer. So I don't know if that totally answers your question. 
No, I mean, that is, that is great. I think it's such a good, I, so I'm 29, so close in age. So yeah, I totally, um, understand the, where you're coming from. Like back when we were growing up, it was just like, yeah, I have the same memories of being at the grocery store, like CVS or whatever, and seeing these terrible magazine covers just, I mean, it's like you, you can't not internalize that as a, as a young teen. Gosh. Yeah. So thank you for mentioning that because it it really was the time. So yeah, yeah, that does answer my question. So I guess, I guess to, to follow up on that, what does your, well, let's define some things for people as we're moving forward in this conversation. So um, can you define, uh, we've mentioned the word somatic a couple of times. Can you define that for us? Mm -hmm. Yes. Somatic means body-based. Okay. Perfect. And then let's let's get into breath work a little bit because I really am excited to talk about that. So how did you yourself get into breath work throughout your journey and your education? And can we also define that for people? Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's always such a challenge because it's such a, you know, the word breath comes from the word spirit. And so it's mm-hmm. so challenging to even my tendrils around to conceptualize sometimes because it really is a vast, vast study. But so my personal journey with breath work began with Kundalini yoga and meditation. So I found Kundalini yoga and meditation 10 years ago, crazy. And it was not what it is now. It was like the only class I could find was in like this dirty old basement of a church in (laughs) Providence when I was living in Providence. And it was like once every month. And so, but it was so incredible to me how moving my body, undulating it in certain specific patterned movements and using my breath in conjunction with that could unlock this deep emotion in my body. And I became voraciously curious about what was happening somatically, body-based, somatically in my body, what's happening? I have a Virgo rising. I have a lot of earth in my chart, a Taurus moon. I need things to be practical. They have to make, like, I need to know what's going on here. So, so through Kundalini yoga and meditation, I was having these incredible healings and releases that would sometimes accompany visions and sometimes not. And through my practice, really just staying devoted to it daily, practicing Kriya every day and witnessing what was unfolding somatically for me, I began to see that my body, there was something about the way that my body was releasing through energy, tingling sensations and tears that was literally releasing stored memories in my nervous system. Now I know science proves this, we can look up the studies that our brain doesn't just hold memories, our head brain. There are literal emotional memories that we store in our nervous system that creates physical pain in our bodies. And when, when we're ready, if we're ready, if it's appropriate, breath work's not for everyone. I'm not someone who would say that everybody should do breath work. That's ridiculous. Um, I don't think it's for everyone, but when it's for you and you're called to it, you do start to experience the power of your nervous system, that it is its own intricate system that has its own language that quite literally stores these emotions as memories. And through specific breath patterns, you can unlock those stored memories from the nervous system and free up your chi, your prana, your life force energy to flow through your system more, which coming back to what you'd said at the morning and uh, in, in the, the morning, <laughs> <laughs> in the morning of our conversation, <laughs> the beginning of our conversation about coming home to your true nature. That's what breathwork does is it frees all this density, these stuck and stored emotions and nervous system memories. It frees that from your being. So that your life force can flow more freely, which just allows you to embody your, your true nature more fully. So my journey started there with Kundalini yoga and meditation. And then I found my breathwork teacher, Madeline Giles. Um, she's wonderful. And I did 
uh, angelic breath healing teacher training with her, which special specialized around a specific breath pattern, an active breath pattern, very simple breath pattern. This is the one that I um, most often teach and facilitate in my group experiences that almost it acts like a psychedelic, except you're taking nothing from outside of you. It's all your breath that if you're willing to surrender, um, shuts off certain parts of your frontal lobe and conscious mind and really allows you to go into deep somatic release and to deepen your connection with spirit somatically. And so that's really how my breathwork journey has unfolded and it continues to unfold. It's a constant mystery to me, but breathwork in general is really this umbrella term for any practice or breath pattern that allows you to connect more deeply with yourself, to fall into deeper attunement with your body, to experience emotional release, to ease stress and anxiety, depression. There's such a plethora and a really just a vast array of practices to choose from, but that's just my personal journey. Yeah, that is, that is so cool. I just love the, it's so, first of all, it's just amazing what our bodies can do just through what you're describing, just through breath work, having these really amazing like breakthroughs and experiences. Like it's, it's almost just unbelievable how much power we can access in our own selves and super inspiring. And it just feels I don't know. I just feel really amazed by that right now. I just think that it, that's like, I just love thinking about that. So, so cool. So you kind of said in, in your answer, like maybe breath work isn't for everybody or everybody doesn't have to do it. So who do you think breath work serves the most or like who should be doing breath work? I would say if, if you're feeling a felt sense of curiosity that shows up consistently for you, around any kind of somatic practices or breath work and or it's something that the universe is popping into your awareness on a consistent basis that maybe there's something there for you to attune to maybe that is what you're being called to place your time and your energy and your attention towards and I would also say if you are someone who has struggled with eating disorders, um, body image, and or emotional, psychological, and spiritual abuse of any kind, which has been my, my personal journey, that breathwork can be like a missing piece to the healing puzzle to help you heal in a sustainable way. That's not a blanket statement for everybody who's experienced eating disorders and those forms of abuse. But I do think there is a real specific medicine in there for that archetype of person. Mm. Should people be using breath work in their daily lives or is it sort of more of like a, a ritual practice every now and then? So I would say both and, <laughs> both and, you know, something as simple as, and this is from my studies with Kundalini yoga and meditation is if you can simply shift the way you're breathing throughout your life by bringing your focus to nostril breathing throughout your day and sl like slightly emphasizing your exhale more that will do so much more for you than only having like a morning breathwork practice because what that does, this specific way of breathing is it brings you into parasympathetic nervous system dominance. So our nervous system, we have our autonomic nervous system. One branch is sympathetic. The other branch is parasympathetic. Your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest nervous system. It's the nervous system that lights up when you're feeling calm, centered, grounded, and relaxed. And so when you're breathing in and out your nose and emphasizing the exhale, this turns on your parasympathetic nervous system. 
which will bring you into a more regulated state of being in your day-to-day life. So that's like a very simple way that you could just instantly be breath working all the time. (laughs) So that's like how, that's how I breathe. And it took me a few years, but that's how I breathe now. Like that's my go-to is long, deep breathing. And then if you're called to, yeah, a morning breathwork practice is rad. (laughs) It's awesome if you're called to it and you can tailor that to whatever is theming in your life. Like what's present for you right now? What are you working with? Is there something that you're really intending on healing or bringing more of into your life, quality of being? You can use breathwork to help anchor that, to integrate that into your lived experience. So cool. See, this is, this is what I love. And I I feel like a broken record saying it, but like actual real, you know, physical things that we can do. And, and as I said in the beginning, I am like a major dreamer. My mind's eye is very active. So like, I love living up here and journeying within that. I love it. But I also love the idea of sort of like being able to work within the two. So I think that is super, super cool. What do you think about using breath work to like raise your vibration? So like for me, I'm a psychic medium. So like, obviously I'm raising my vibration before I'm doing readings and stuff. Like, are there any types of breath work that can help to sort of raise our connection and sort of plug in with spirit a little bit better? Mm, Yeah. So the active breath work pattern, um, that I practice and facilitate is to me, one of the most effective to raise the vibration because it, it works like energetic Drano at first clears out all of like the gunk in the nervous system the gunk and the unconscious. Um, and it really clears you out so that you can enter into a higher vibrating state of being sustainably where it's not just like, I'm going to just like vibe high here for a second. And then I'm back down. Um, the amazing thing about breath work is if we also practice integration post breath work, um, which I'm super passionate about, is that we can create that sustained way of being where we are vibrating at a higher plane because we've gone to the nervous system-based root of where all that gunk has been hanging out that's been blocking us from vibrating higher. So yeah. Okay, I love that. And it's a perfect segue into my next question was that something that you talk about Um, we've mentioned once or twice here, but also on your uh, Instagram is integration. So that's something I have been thinking a lot about lately too. Like all of these things, all the things we're learning, especially through this podcast through the past, you know, since August, since I started, it's like, how do I, and all of us integrate spiritual stuff, maybe that we've received from our guides or that we've released or received from our breath work and stuff. Like, how do we integrate that And I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit more to integration and and what that means for you. Oh my God. Yes. I like a geek out in this topic all day. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for asking it, Haley. Of course. Okay. So first I'll start off by naming what integration is. So integration is the digestion and processing of an experience so that you can integrate it. I know there's a double word there, but integrate it into your life in a way that's sustained and embodied. So that's how I define integration because oftentimes, you know, people will come to breathwork ceremony and they will have these incredible transcendent experiences. And as a facilitator, it's my job to a hold space for witness, acknowledge all of that, but also to, um, support my clients and setting themselves up to integrate that into their lives in a way that it's not just, they have to go into this breathwork ceremony to have an experience that they can integrate into their lives. So The first thing that I would say is how are your big three? So the big three are sleep, hydration, and nutrition. I know it's so boring, (laughs) (laughs) but if any of those three are off, it's going to be hard to integrate the stuff into your life. Mm. I know that there are different systemic and contextual factors that can play into this, especially if you know, we're living in a remote area that doesn't have access to good nutrition, et cetera. I just want to acknowledge the privilege of that statement too. And how's your sleep? How are you sleeping? Get that shit in order. That is so important. It is the number one 
thing that will mess up your mental health. So how are you sleeping? Are you hydrating? Getting like at least half your body weight in ounces of water each day? And are you nourishing your body well? If you get those three things down and they're, you know, don't make, you don't have to be like perfectionistic about it. You know, we're here for the both and, you know, like we also need to like have a glass of champagne if we'd like it once in a while. Like all the things are welcome here. Pleasure is huge. And like really being devoted um, with with those big three, because what I've found is if we're really in a consistent place of sleeping well, hydrating well, and nourishing well, we can more easily attune to how we are designed to integrate these more esoteric experiences into our daily life. So that's the first thing I'd say. And then the second thing I'd say is like, is there anything in particular you're thinking about in terms of integration? Like, is there a specific example that you have or something that your clients go through? Well, it's a great question. Um, for, for me, sort of what I'm thinking about is, uh, like I'll have, you know, an amazing experience with my guides or something like get some really great downloads, understand some really big things for like what I need to do moving forward. And, and sometimes it almost feels like you, you pop out of that and you're like, okay. And then like, you almost sort of just like drop into your regular day. Like, okay, now I have to go to work. Now I have to do this. And it, it almost, it sort of just gets like pushed to the back. And then when it's able to rise to the front, it will for me, but yeah, just sort of thinking about like, how do we move throughout, well, move throughout our day with those things, like more together within our day. I don't, I don't know if that explains mm-hmm. it very well, but um, Is it like yeah. The- in between. So like once you're, you're in that space with your guides and then you have to like go do like 3d stuff. Are you saying that you feel like you need some kind of like a transition practice or something in between to help you transition into like 3d reality? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I just feel like it gets dropped for me so quickly. Like, yeah, with the, with that, like, yeah. So I guess, I guess, yes. Yeah. I think, I think you, you got that. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I was hearing you right. So, um, so number one, I would say is writing in general, I feel is such an incredible integration tool. So like when we have these, these more esoteric experiences or these connections with our guides, or we're in a breathwork ceremony and we're connecting with a loved one who passed away or anything that's just beyond this physical reality. And you can feel into this everyone and just feel into whether this feels true for you or not one way that you can integrate is to simply write about what you just experienced in detail, just reflective writing. Um, This is something I practice with the breath work, especially when I have like a very powerful, you know, vision or just a deep connection with my angels or something like that is after the practice, I'll, I'll marinate in the energy of it for a little bit by writing down everything that happened. And it's just a like beautiful way to then transition into the 3D. So reflective writing. And another tool that I love to use is this is from um, my studies with HeartMath Institute is heart-focused breathing because that heart is that bridge between heaven and earth. And so something really simple that you can do is you can place your hand on your heart. You don't have to place your hand there, but just bring your focus, your awareness and your attention to your heart. And just gently breathe into your heart, in and out your nose, and just rest in that space. That can, those both can be wonderful transition tools to help you integrate those more like esoteric experiences into going back into the 3D. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes I'll have the experience, you know, all the great stuff. I'm like, oh, this feels so like not life changing, but like perspective shifting or something like that. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get up and like write these emails and like, you know what I mean? Like like, pee. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's so, uh, yeah, I I absolutely love that. Yeah. I just think integration is a huge part of that and making changes in our, in our, you know, 3d life and, and our spiritual life and everything like that. So love that. Is there anything more missing in integration? Anything else you want to, you feel is really important for people to hear? It is such a monster topic. Um, it really is it's depth and breadth goes for so many 
lifetimes. <laughs> but I think also we live in a culture now that values like um, addictive, passive consumption. Mm. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think it's really important that we practice mindfulness about how, how we're engaging with content and what we're consuming, what we're allowing into our minds and what we're visually looking at and how much time we're spending on socials and all of that, because that can get in the way of allowing us to integrate. It's like, you know, so just having a look, everybody's uh, tolerance and way of consuming information is so different based on their makeup. And I think it's really, really important that we look at that, that we tend to how we're going through our day. Because I think what happens sometimes too is that state can become addictive. And then we start looking for it in scrolling on socials, on you know, watching another YouTube video or another TikTok or another Instagram reel or whatever the thing is to get that high. And that blocks us from being able to integrate that beautiful experience that we just had. So, you know, stay with one thing. You don't have to, and it's not healthy to be looking at like, 500 things a day. I think I saw a study that I might be quoting this incorrectly, but the study said something to the effect of we are now exposed to what would be the equivalent of reading 78 newspapers a day. I believe that. Yeah. That Holy is going to block us from integrating. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I'm just like totally feeling what you're saying because the other day I was like scrolling through Instagram reels and you know, like lots of it's, we talked a little bit about the algorithm too, before we got on, like, yeah, there'll be like mine sort of cycles through different topics. It's so interesting to me. Like sometimes it'll be like three types of this topic. Sometimes it'll be about this and that and like, whatever. So, um, I was scrolling and just like really mindlessly scrolling. And I, at, I don't know, I like suddenly I just got this awareness that was like, holy shit, girl, you need to like, stop looking at all of this different shit. Like it was just this really potent realization that I'm just consuming with my eyeballs so mm-hmm. much shit that might not even be, isn't really real life or might not even be true what somebody's saying or like all this stuff. And I just had this really intense realization that like, whoa, you know? So yes, I, that is such a good point that like, yeah, of course that's going to interfere with integration. Right. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. That moment of when like you can't unknow it or can't unsee it. It's so powerful. Yeah. I totally hear you. And these apps are designed to keep us in a state of addiction. And so we have to have so much compassion for ourselves in that way. And also, yes, I think that you said something so beautiful too, of like, it's not real life. It's not, it's not your life. That is not our lives. What is happening in your life? That's where the magic is. Don't get seduced by social. The magic is not in that real. It's not in any of that stuff. The magic is here in your lived experience. And so pay attention to what's, you know, what's calling you. And, and that's where the juice is. Yes. Love, love, love that. We're going to switch gears a little bit because I do want to talk about your true nature Oracle, um, because I just think that is so cool, like that you created this deck. So can you tell us about like how you came about creating that and, and what that was like? And maybe what are some of your favorite ways to use that deck of yours? Oh my gosh. So your true nature Oracle is my first child. <laughs> love it. Love it. She was born on the eclipse uh, of the March eclipse of 2023. So I, I wrote and authored and envisioned this deck. Um, I've wanted to self-publish an Oracle deck for a really long time, but the time just didn't yet feel correct. I, I needed to go through just more of my own healing and my own journey before I could really 
fully stand behind embodying it. I don't like to put out anything until I'm actually embodying it in some form. And so your true nature Oracle is a 44 card deck illustrated by Rita Gould, who is phenomenal. Oh my gosh. She's magic. And the deck is split up into four sections that are in accordance with the seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And the premise of your true nature Oracle is that all of our true natures are a mirror image of nature herself, seasonal, cyclical, wild, and free. Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to get the deck. I mean, it just sounds so, so beautiful. I love it. Thank you. So the cards, um, all 44 have affirmations on it. And so if you just want a simple reading, you can select a card and work with that affirmation. And there's, um, every card has a message, a deeper message that I wrote inner reflection questions for integration. (laughs) And then um, several of the cards have a section called journey deeper, where you can scan your phone over a QR code and it takes you to an actual practice, a meditation or a somatic practice. So when I say integration is something I'm passionate about, like that's where I felt a deep call to bring more practice into Oracle decks, where we're not looking outside of ourselves for answers, where where we are when appropriate, because receiving support from external resources is major because we're like interrelated beings and also connecting it back to the self. I'm so proud of it. It's so beautiful. It's being received so well. I am so biased. I think it's the most stunning Oracle deck I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) And I'd love to also offer any of your community um, 20% off if they want to purchase the deck. Amazing. Um, They can just use the code YTN20 at checkout and you can get 20% off. I'd love to gift it to you. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And for anybody listening who, you know, wants to jump on that, I will put it in the show notes and link directly to it. So everybody can enjoy the deck 20% off. That is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to grab it too. I mean, I I have to say (laughs) that just sounds amazing because I love the idea of linking to other practice and just deepening that way. I just think that is so beautiful and totally genius. So absolutely, absolutely love that. Heather, it has been so wonderful to talk to you. And I think people are just going to absolutely love this conversation. I have one last question for you. And it's the typical opening the door podcast question. (laughs) What can someone who's listening right now do in their daily life to open their door up a little bit more to their natural, natural intuitive abilities? Hmm. Do you mind if we do a quick little practice together? Oh, I would love that. Okay, great. Okay. So wherever you are, just get comfortable. And you can either place your hand on your heart, or if it feels better, you don't have to do that. You can just place your hands wherever they feel comfortable. And just bring your awareness, your focus, and your attention to your heart space. And now begin to breathe through your nose, keeping your focus on your heart. And as you breathe, just bring all of your focus, all of your attention, all of your breath in and out of your heart. And I want to invite you to call forward a quality of spirit that you've been intending to cultivate in your life. Maybe it's patience, acceptance, intentionality, whatever it is for you. And just envision and feel yourself breathing that quality of spirit into your heart. And on your exhale, 
allow yourself to create space for that quality to reside there. Breathing that quality into your heart, feeling it. And with every exhale, creating space for that quality to reside. And just taking one more breath in through the nose. And when you exhale, just slightly emphasizing your exhale. And then when you're ready, you can gently, slowly open your eyes and bring your awareness back. Absolutely beautiful. I'm going to talk a little bit quieter in case anybody was actually, you know, doing that along with us. I don't want to shock anybody with my loud voice back into this moment. Um, but wow, I absolutely love that. I feel like I could see the little space being created as you were walking us through that. Wow. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that with everybody. What an amazing bonus for this episode. <laughs> absolutely love it. So again, thank you so, so much for being here. Where can listeners find you if they're interested in, you know, learning more about this and, and working with you? Thank you, Haley, so much. This has been so fun and just fluid and light and airy and free and gorgeous. So thank you so much. Yeah, if you'd like to connect, you can come over to my website, heatherwaxman.com. I have a free breathwork ebook that you can download. And I really love connecting with people via email. It's my favorite way to do that. So um, that will sign you up to my email list. I send really beautiful practices every week that are centered on spirituality and somatics and family systems healing. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Heather Waxman. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Heather, for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.